0: Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. So, um, this is the second... Uh, episode of the 2020 uh, Inspiring Futures podcast. I'm uh, very excited that Amelia Terode is my guest all the way from London. Although it sounds sometimes it sounds like you're next door, sometimes it does sound like you're thousands of miles away. Uh, on what is a momentous day for Britain, isn't it? Are we? Um, I'm
1: going to cry. Don't stop me on this, Ed. This is not, this was not what we agreed to talk about. I'm going to sit here weeping, sadly.
0: Well, nevertheless, irrespective of perspectives and points of view, it is somehow uh, a very sad day, or it is certainly a momentous day. Um, But we will not dwell on that. Um, And we will move on rapidly to things, (laughs) to things strategy, uh, other things strategy. Uh, so one thing I like to do at the beginning, obviously, is to have you have my guests uh, introduce themselves um, by just sort of giving us a sort of, well, however long you want to take, a colourful potted history of how you got to where you got to today um, and what that okay. journey was.
1: Like a, good, a good start. So, um, as as Ed said, my name's Amelia. Um, I'm doing this podcast um, from my house in London, Uh, but I did live for most of my 20s. I lived and worked in New York, so um, I have a strong attachment to to the US. Um, I have been um, a strategist in a number of different guises uh, for for about 20 odd years, just over 20 years. uh, and and I guess when I think about why I got into this world of of brands and strategy um, i I kind of think back to university actually so i was a I was uh, a student in in the in the last century in the 20th century um, before there were mobile phones and I guess the reason that that was important to me was that um as a student, um, I was I studied uh, I studied history in in Cambridge, um, and at the time it was sounds random. There was only one supermarket in Cambridge, so I spent a long time in uh, a supermarket called Sainsbury's uh, waiting online, waiting in queues to pay, and without a phone to kind of while away the time, I kind of used to play this game which I called basket economics, which was essentially looking into the baskets of the people in front of me and trying to build up a profile of who they were and I don't know where they went to on holiday and what they might be having for dinner on a Saturday. And I kind of just did anything to sort of quell the boredom. Um, And I guess for me, what was really interesting about that wasn't whether I was right or wrong. It was the fact that actually out of the brand choices that people were putting into a shopping basket, I was able to kind of build up this kind of mental picture. And I, I kind of got fascinated with, with, with brands. And again, I probably didn't even know about a brand then, but I kind of got fascinated around the psychology and how you could um, make those kind of assumptions. And then I went off to the library that afternoon and kind of as luck was habit, would have it, there happened to be a magazine called Campaign, which, um, you know, the big advertising um magazine. And and our our library didn't subscribe to it, so I still don't really know why it was there. Uh, But on the front of it, Martin Sorrell, who was Martin Sorrell, not not Sir Martin then, uh, the front page was uh, the ad industry in danger of losing young talent to management consultants. Hmm. Uh, And this would have been back in 94 and 95. Uh, So I wrote a letter. You know, I I got a pen and an envelope and a stamp and I wrote to Martin. And I said, um, hi, Martin, Um, I'm a student, um, I'm kind of interested in this world, but you know what, maybe I'll go and join a management consultant. I think I probably shouldn't, but why don't you give me a job at WPP? Uh, And to his internal credit, uh, within 24 or 48 hours, I got a letter back saying, dear Amelia, thank you so much, you know, the fact that you're in a library, the fact that you're reading campaign, the fact that you had the, um, I guess, the energy, the impetus to, to write me a letter. Um, you know, well done. However, I'm not going to give you a job because you wouldn't want to work for WPP because we're all accountants. However, I am launching something called the WPP Fellowship next year. Um, It's a new scheme for graduates. And if you apply, I will keep my eye out for your application. And I did apply and he did keep his eye open. And that's how I got my first job in the industry.
0: It's an amazing story. Incredible. So from there, from the WPP Fellowship, is that what it was called? Or what it is called?
1: Yeah, it was. And it's, it's kind of amazing. I guess what, what I loved about the scheme is it's a bit like a choose-your-own-adventure. Mm-hmm. So it's a 3 year long graduate program. And the only rule is that... So you can do any discipline, mm-hmm. uh, any country in the world. And the only rule is that you can't repeat the same discipline twice. Oh, that's pretty- um And I sort of go, what an amazingly imaginative and forward-thinking scheme to be launching. Actually, it was it was the idea of uh, Jeremy Balmore, mm-hmm. um, you know, wise doyen of brands and communication and advertising. But, you know, back in the 90s, who had this insight that actually clients trained their graduates in a much more holistic um, and joined up way, a much better way than the communications industry. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of, you know, you join the industry and you're, you know, an ad man or a PR girl to sort of cliche, but you kind of, you joined a bit of the communications world and then you had to stay there. And actually Jeremy ballmore's insight and Martin, you totally got it, was that actually it's all about brands and it's all about communications. The way in, almost at the beginning is when you're a graduate, it's kind of luck about where you apply and kind of luck about who lets you in. Um, so uh, it, it actually was the fellowship that, that led me to New York um, and Ogilvy Interactive, um, as it was known as, at the time, mm-hmm. which was back in '99.
0: Mm-hmm. So you did a you did a year in each place, right? That's what was it? What you said?
1: Um, yeah, I did. So I started out in advertising at J Walter Thompson in London, and then I, as a sort of uh, as a suit, mm-hmm. and then I got massively interested by media and how. Uh, spaces and places where brands communicated, you know, the medium is the message. And, and, and that, that I found really exciting. But, but actually, as I as I entered the world of media, which would have been in 98, the thing that was most interesting to me was was digital and, and this kind of burgeoning world of online, where actually the fact that I was 21 or 22 yeah. didn't count against me. In fact, if anything, it kind of played in my favor, mm-hmm. which meant that actually I could be operating and talking to clients at a much higher level than I ever did in the advertising world. Um, and, and then after that, then I went off to, to New York to, to really kind of hone my skills in, in, in the world of digital and, 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 on, and online.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's, ama- it's amazing that, that, that the, the, the letter writing and the actual recognition of that is incredible, you know, and, uh, you know, just shows. Um, maybe that's not all happening these days but uh, you know you had the wherewithal to to respond to something uh, and it's such a timely way which I think is you know often how people get brands and individuals get some kind of competitive advantage. Um, yeah but also, you know,
1: I think what's also interesting is that actually you know Martin to his credit he had no reason to write back. No absolutely. And actually, I think it's you know I was you know I hadn't had any experience I was you know I was still at university and he replied and actually if you think you know I'm sure that lots of us get people emailing them and and you know you try and reply but but actually you know he was the CEO of a business and he replied to a student
0: yeah no yeah I I, 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 t- I totally agree but I, th- I I think you're not giving yourself enough credit <laughs> because personally I think um, I think that was that was a, a smart and timely response. Uh, so where so let's keep going we're, we're we're through the three years of the fellowship and and then what happens you do you leave WPP so I kind
1: of got, yeah so 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 I stayed at WPP uh, for a bit and I worked with a wonderful uh, probably the best boss I've ever had uh, John Steele oh yeah uh, and made banner um, perfect pitch truth lies and advertising I mean anything that John writes is mm-hmm. worth reading yep um I worked with John at Berlin, Cameron, Red Cell in New York, mm-hmm. um, and then I went back to to London, and I had a job with an agency that isn't with us anymore called uh, Naked Naked Communications, mm-hmm. um, because I was really interested in, I guess, channel agnostic, and you know, rather than um, planning within a discipline, trying to think more expansively about the right the right message, but also the right. Place yep. for brands to exist. It's interesting because, um, well, because well, I. Just first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I had um, coffee this week with Noah Breyer, who is oh, 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 yeah. ex naked, and I was trying to work out whether you knew each other. But did you know Farris? Was Farris part of your. So Farris, 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 yeah, Farris was part of the,
1: the gang of, um, was it Brilliant Misfits? So, so yeah, Farris and I were friends and sat next to each other and it, you know, Naked was amazing. It it kind of spawned this generation of hopefully, you know, smart, curious, hopefully, you know, generous thinkers actually. It really, I I, I do think you can often, there's a kind of red thread running through a lot of ex-Naked people.
0: What do you think, what do you think they, uh, how did they, what was the secret to their recruiting? How did they manage to just realised that these were the right people that you needed and then putting them all together was actually going to be successful. It seems seems like somebody... somebody I
1: think think what Naked did brilliantly is they created a brand for themselves mm -hmm. um, and a culture and they were kind of punky and they were... You know, they were a challenger brand and they were against these kind of stodgy, old-fashioned, you know, media backhander kind of Mm -hmm. play, you know. And they, it it was almost, they didn't need to recruit because the right people came to seek them out. Yep. And I think they were really, really, you know, John, John and Will were so smart Mm. at, at doing that. And I think, you know, it wasn't a kind of Machiavellian, this is what we need to do. You know, they created a culture and an attitude and a style because they thought that was the right
0: thing. Mm-hmm. So well, I never, I, I never really understood, and I, I don't know. It sort of, uh, it, 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 it sort of filled the gap between the creative and the sort of buying. It was it was a <laughs> sort of very strategic media planning, wasn't it? Because I, I, I mean, well,
1: yeah, and I think actually, actually you probably put your finger on it, which is. It filled a gap um, when at the time media agencies were very kind of prosaic and kind of filling in boxes on Excel spreadsheets and there wasn't creativity. Mm-hmm. Once the, you know, the sort of big C creative had been taken out of media it sat in a different place, the sort of imagination and the ideas had kind of drained away from media. Um, so that was the theory. Uh, but I think, you know, I do think looking back, it was very apparent that you know, they were a game changer. They forced the industry to play the to play the game differently. But what they didn't then do is to game change and to innovate on themselves. The industry caught up, and they never then um, stepped ahead. And in the end, they kind of made themselves redundant because actually everybody else, um, because of them, I think, um, pulled their socks up a bit.
0: Yeah, so they didn't they didn't pivot as we say they say over here when they needed to.
1: So... Yeah, or not even pivot because pivot makes it sound like you were going in one direction and then you want to go somewhere else but they never took the next step they never
0: evolved. you know they mm. had
1: been so innovative and so yeah. imaginative yeah. They never they didn't make that next leap of imagination as to what, where do we go next
0: yeah yeah interesting so you how long were you there for
1: i was there for 18 months and actually my big frustration was that we didn't make anything yeah. we kind of made strategy but it didn't result in anything and actually I think one of the big flaws in the business model was you were kind of connective tissue with, you know, great agencies, but, you know, mother didn't want to make a telly idea that we might've come up with and, you know, poke who were kind of, you know, you know, probably the digital agency in the UK at the time, poke didn't want to develop a digital idea that we'd come up with. It was kind of not invented here. Yep. Um, And so after that I moved to an agency called VCCP um, where I could kind of pull together, you know, know, what was then called, you know, below the line, above the line and online, Mm -hmm. which, you know, again, at the time, I guess I hadn't fully realised that it was quite unusual to be so well-versed and kind of equally versed in all three. What VCCP offered um, was an, you know, sort of owner-founder culture um, of real... I guess, you know, imagination, I use the word imagination again, but they really, um, they took a really, they had a job description that I went for. And actually, after I had my interview, they kind of ripped up the job description and said, well, you could be the planner on, I can't even remember what it was, a IMG ING direct, but actually it sounds like you could bring something different. And and I kind of wrote a job description and and a bit of a business plan, really because what VCCP were brilliant at is they were brilliant at above the line and they were brilliant at, I guess, below the line, in-store, a lot of the the more sort of direct bids, but they weren't particularly good at online. Um, So I kind of wrote this proposal, this sort of plan of what they could be doing, um, how, how we could innovate in the online space. And so we sort of, I joined... Forces with a guy called Steve Brunakas who then went over to be um, mm-hmm. um, ECD over at Google, and is now amazingly is the creative director of Greece. Yeah, um, yeah, I, re- I realised
0: so that. Yeah, Steve yeah, Brunakas, fascinating. Michael
1: busted over, and, and I were, were then, and I guess what was brilliant about VCCP is, is we said, look, what we want to do is create VCCP digital, um, and we want to, we'll create a, a digital methodology. We'll have our, we'll have, we'll pitch for clients, you know, we'll be our own entity. And then what we said is within two years, what we want to do is then um, uh, digitalise the entire agency. So actually, this idea of VCCP digital kind of means that then there's VCCP analogue. And in the 21st century, what kind of idiot wants to work for VCCP analogue? So actually, our business plan was, the first year was get VCCP digital up and running. And the second year was actually, how do you then digitalise and change the structure and the culture of an entire creative organization. And then we got rid of digital. In fact, we never used that word again. Yeah. So, VCC, probably a good five years before other creative agencies, you know, so we're talking, you know, back in 2006, um, had innovated and kind of broken their own business model and put themselves back together in a really, really modern way that it was funny 10 years later um, at other places they were still talking about it
0: yeah well that's it's a really interesting experience in, in 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 fact the flexibility of a culture to be able to adapt uh is really interesting because that's the problem that is holding back a lot of places that's they they can't evolved their culture yeah no
1: absolutely absolutely and i think what vccp had and you know maybe it's because it wasn't owned by a big network is that you know the v the c the c and the p were still there it was their business yeah and um you know they were intelligent so so smart really intelligent you know for foursome Mm. who were able to break their own business model you know and, and and put it back together. As opposed to kind of tweaking around the edges, they they properly restructured and refocused, and, and 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 you know I think it it completely paid dividends back. I mean, it was really amazing that what what they what they could do because they they it was their own business and they were empowered to do it.
0: hmm Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Um, so the idea that then where do we go? What's the next chapter?
1: Well, and then I had children.
0: Oh, okay, so that made and, that was a big change.
1: And that, was, well, so, and that was a really big, that was really hard for me, actually, because the culture, it was my first time I'd sort of, you know, played hard, worked hard, didn't mind nights, didn't mind weekends, you find the energy. And suddenly, you know, you have this small little thing and, you know, they're asleep at uh, Seven or seven thirty, and you know, so you get ho- I, I, this. Suddenly, it was. It really. It caused everything to kind of break a bit. Actually,
0: yeah, it
1: must. Um, because it was that moment when, when it's only yourself that you're looking after, or you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're part of a team. You know, your, your partner. But when there's a little, a little tiny baby, yep. it suddenly all your priorities and, and just shift, um, and. It was impossible for me actually to work in an ad. It just didn't in an adverti- in an ad age, It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. It didn't work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the hours didn't work. The pictures didn't work. You know, it every, everything everything broke really quickly for me. So it was
0: sort of an instant realization, rather than a simmering thing. It was just like
1: no. It was it was it was it was terrible. And and actually, what what gave me my kind of get out of jail free card, I suppose, was. Um, I then spent a year working for a wonderful guy called Chris Satisway, who actually was the, the CEO of Chime, who were the, the, yep. the network, mm-hmm. um, who owned CTP. Yep. And, and, and Chris is a, you know, it's a, it's a UK PLC company, 250. And, and actually, Chris basically gave me at the beginning of sort of every month and every week, these are the projects that need to get done. Go away and do them. And I actually, he was the first person really trusted me to say, well, you know, if you want to do it on Saturday night dressed in your pyjamas, as long as you get the work done, kind of how you do it is up to you and I trust you to do it. Yeah, And that was really eye-opening for me because I ended up then having a second child um, very quickly. There's like 19, 20 months between them. Mm-hmm. And, and actually being able to work in that way was, was eye-opening and, and actually kind of completely shifted my mindset of how people could work in different ways. Um, so how did, how did the, um, how did, yeah.
0: so how did, so you're, just to, just to get some clarity, because it's really, really interesting. So you're at this agency, you're, you're, you're underwater because it just doesn't work. And then how, how did the, the opportunity with Chris come about? I mean, how, because that it seems pretty enlightened for him to say, you yeah, no, I think you could be very valuable and I mean, respect your new lifestyle stage? How did that happen? Because
1: uh, I, So I think it was really apparent, if I'm honest, that I was just falling apart. Yeah. I mean, I was, it was, I'm, you know, I, I'm probably a really good person to play poker against because I'm not, you know, I don't have a good game face. <laughs> um, and it was very obvious that mm. I was really, mm-hmm. I was struggling hugely, And I'd worked with Chris. We'd done a lot of, um, we worked for on the Olympics. So we worked for London 2012 together with, we'd pitch that and I'd kind of be lead strategist on that and we'd won the business. So, mm. you know, we liked each other and trusted each other. And, and I think I was probably, if I'm honest, I think I was probably, you know, sitting in corners of VCCP crying a lot. I mean, I was really, mm. it was really awful. Mm.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So, I mean, yes, it, it wasn't, it was, that wasn't my most fun um, moment, but, but actually Chris, Say you know, giving me that because you. See, it, it, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? That it when and and I guess for me it was with children, but but it, but it's not. This isn't just about having children and a family. In fact, it's it's absolutely not. But it is about um, having your life eaten by work. Yep. And it is about um, thinking again. I use the word imagine. Thinking with more imagination about. How people can 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 work, and you know that 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 there doesn't have to be a one size fits all.
0: Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I mean it, you know you've sort of got, I mean just fast forwarding a little bit to where we are today in agency land. I mean, you've 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 got a sort of a hollowing out of organisations. You've got a very few highly paid people who are working 19, 20 hours a day, and then you sort of got a bunch of juniors who are also working 19 hours a day, um, which just doesn't seem like a sustainable model.
1: No, it's not a sustainable model. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it definitely isn't. I mean, it, when you mentioned that, you know, that there's kind of this top layer of people very well paid working a lot, I mean, my experience was that, especially in some of the bigger agencies, there's also a top level of, of a, you know, cre- old older creatives who are earning a fortune, who aren't working 19 or 20 hours a day, because um, the kind of work that they're producing isn't necessarily winning pitches or what the client is looking for. And certainly as I got sort of further up the food chain, and I guess I'm thinking specifically about my last agency role, was, which was at TBWA in London. Actually, that model, the the, the how, how sal- the salary structure was so imbalanced that actually, even as you were winning business, you couldn't sustain the business model. You were never making money because it was going out to...
0: It was going out to the wrong people yeah yeah labor costs and the, uh, yeah the, the allocation of labor and all that stuff just screwed the economics screwing the economics completely yeah, it just didn't
1: work.
0: yeah. but i mean I, I think some agent i mean some agents of, i think wpp in particular yeah. has gone on and, and taken a scythe to their highly paid creative people globally and then sort of that whole layer seems to seems to have gone or I think they. I think they've recognised it, and I think others are recognising it too. Well,
1: it may be. You know what? Ed, to be, to be fair. I mean, I, I kind of. I took a. <coughs> I took a. I took a career step out of big agencies back in um, 2017. Yeah. So that you know that was three years ago, and I think a lot a lot has changed in in the last three years.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, it takes us it takes us to kind of now and to strategy. Now, when you look out there. Given the conditions of the agencies, what do you feel about strategy as a discipline? Do you, do you feel, <laughs> having, having worked with one of the maestros or the legends, Mr. Steele, you've sort of seen it at its best and been part of agencies where it has been a critical and successful component. What do you feel is going on right now?
1: Well, I mean, I think there is kind of two parts to the question. The first is what do I feel about strategy. Um, I think that as a discipline, what has happened is that it's grown much, more, so much more important. It's just it's become more and more important as as the you know media landscape changes and the way that that brands engage and live in different spaces. And so, so I think strategy as a whole. To, from my perspective, is, has never been healthier and has never been more important. I think the second part of that, strategies in agencies, uh, has never been under more pressure. Um, and I think there are kind of two different things, really. I think that, again, it comes back to economics and, and sort of structures of agencies. You know, and there's nothing new to say, you know, we, we shot ourselves in the foot as an industry for giving away strategy for free at pitches. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I can't think of another industry that there's only one other. There's
0: only one other industry that does it, I think, and that's architecture. Oh, really? Yeah. There's an amazing documentary on on Richard uh, Norman Foster that I I watched years ago, and I was like, there was this absolutely fascinating moment where he said, "If we had not won the pitch." For the Hong Kong Shanghai headquarters in Hong Kong we would the company would have folded because it's it, literally the economics of that cost you know it, it was a roll the dice if we win it we're fine if we lose it we're going under and I thought wow oh we have to
1: find, find me, find me, find, me the, find me the name of that or I'll have a google round but yeah. I'd love to see that that's fascinating
0: yeah but yeah right you know every yeah and then um yeah. So, strategy is undermined by the structure in the economics.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, in in so, just go back to your to going into a little deeper on your answer. You know, it's never been more important. Strategy discipline has never been more important. And so, why? Just to clarify, I know you and I have our own perspectives, but I'd love to hear what you, how, why why you think that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess. I think strategy has never been more important because brands have never been so critical, and I guess by that I mean as everything and every institution and every I know country. Steve Renac has been the creative director of Greece. You know, as everything becomes a brand, and every brand becomes a publisher and thinks about content, and every brand becomes a publisher that's living. In a you know three, you know twenty four hours a day seven days a week three hundred sixty five days a year that how and where your brand lives and the stories that it tells and the engagement um, strategies are kind of critical. So actually, great brand thinkers are needed everywhere, and and are really valued by clients. Um, but I remember, you know, the kind of the mantra in agencies or certainly agencies, lots of agencies that I know is, you know, clients don't pay for strategy. Um, and I guess, you know, clients don't pay for strategy if it's given away for free, you know, because they're not stupid. Uh, clients don't pay for strategy if actually it's not strategy, all it's doing is kind of strategic fluffing for a creative idea, which isn't strategy, that's kind of, you know a setup. Um, but they do pay for strategy um and they do value strategy, and they are desperate to find great strategists and i i mean I, you know our experience is that once clients find great strategists they um stick with them as well
0: yeah no yeah, i think that's i, I think that's a nice i think that i think that's a nice a nice summary and i think that i think the big a big part of that is Sorry, this is ridiculous. Every every, there's you know sirens and uh, frustrating, but it is New York. It is live from New York, as someone said to me once. It is. Um, there you are. Uh, yes, this whole idea of marketing moving or brands moving beyond the remit of marketing. So you sort of have this see at this beleaguered CMO who's just got so much on their plate, but they don't control. Or they don't. They're not involved in every decision around the brand because brand, as you said, is now about who we hire, uh, what our corporate social responsibility is, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
1: Um, absolutely, absolutely right. So, as it should be, which is uh, which is why I think which is why I'm so optimistic about. I mean, which is why I think sort of strategy, strategy is a sort of in, you know industry yeah. as a, mm-hmm. strategy is a thing is 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 in such a good and healthy you know or has the potential to be in such a good and healthy place because it's it's so valued
0: well and well let's let's also pass out the difference going back to the very first the letter you wrote to sir martin which was um management consultants are going to eat our lunch so there's the, the strategy that management consultants do and then there's our strategy <laughs> Is it, uh, yes. how how do the how do the two things compare? Are they are they are they? What how do you see them? I mean, what you, obviously I'm sure you ha- you have a very clear view of the power of strategy through your lens or through the the brand.
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I, think, I, I mean, I tend to think certainly from my experience, the big consultancies are great at business strategy. Yeah. But in terms of strategy and 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 brand as, I guess, brand being exactly, as you said, so much more than marketing. It's about, um, you know, corporate behavior. It's about um, culture and direction. It's about, um, uh, you know, acqu- it, 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 it drives so so much more. In fact, most, most of the business, the work that we've been doing, it, a lot of times it's not CMOs, it's actually CEOs yeah. who are, are who are getting in touch which which i think is interesting that i mean i guess the management consultants we're you know buying up you know droga five or Kamarama in in the uk are definitely trying to get into that world but you know creative strategy and the strategy of the strategy that springboards into ideas and creativity is it's still a superpower that we have as an industry.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so just, so let's kind of like uh, close the circle a little bit and explain what you are doing now, because that's kind of fundamental to this, right? So do you want to give us a quick
1: okay. 30 um, seconds
0: on where, where Yeah. You are?
1: So um, I run, uh, we call it a, a strategy and innovation consultancy, uh, which is powered by expert independent talent from the uk uh, and around the world so um i took a step out of advertising agencies um and i i guess there were two things i realized that um i really really loved strategy and i loved the hardness of problem solving and creating I'm really thinking, I love hard problems and and, and I really do, it's, I mean, I'm, you know, again, count myself incredibly lucky that I'm sort of paid to do this job. Um, But what I certainly wanted for myself personally and what I was seeing was kind of an exodus of people, people voting with their feet and stepping outside these big corporate structures um, and wanting to work in a different way. And I was seeing kind of massive, talent wastage because agencies, again, weren't structurally set up to operate in this, uh, you know, I always hesitate before using the word agile because it's kind of overused as a word, but in this kind of fast and flat and flexible way, uh, because that just wasn't what the structure was. So I kind of had this thought, which was, you know, what if we could create um, a consulting offering? That operated partly as um, as a kind of um, sort of a social enterprise. So, a community for smart, for you know, expert, independent talent. So, a place for um, smart thinkers and makers to be to be part of something. So, it's actually very lonely uh, being a freelancer. Um, you know, we problem-solve collaboratively in teams. I think very few people kind of just solve it by themselves. And and actually, as a, as a sort of sole trader freelancer, you know, it is isolating and it can be hard. You kind of feel very stuck out on a limb. So I kind of had this thought about what if you could create this kind of sort of flat community of um, strategic thinkers and makers that you could then um, create bespoke consulting teams out of and, um, to work um, on client briefs and to create um, solutions that aren't dictated to by um, media deals in place or the fact that you're in a PR agency so it's always going to be a story that has to spread somewhere. Or a digital agency, so you want to build an app. It's it, it, it's interesting. So actually, it's a little bit. It does remind me actually when I do some of the projects of of actually some of the naked thinking back in the day. Um, because when you know the reason it was called naked was it was kind of sort of strategy. It was naked strategy. It was actually ideas of the right ideas for the brand, not because you've you've got people sitting there who who make a certain thing. Um, and and that's what we do now. So it's called it's called the Form Break Collective, um, and we have about about three hundred people now um, uh, as part of the collective. And we've been going for uh, about two years. And we kind of work with, I mean, a really a really a great and wide ranging list of clients from, I guess, at the big end of the scale. Um, you know, Google, we've done a number of projects for, and, and 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 that's great because so many different parts of Google. So Google, Sky, Nestle, Carlsberg was a big 18-month global project. Um, a lot of cultural institutions, um, uh, Somerset House, which is a big um, sort of art center and institution, um, Education, we've been doing work with different school, sort of chains of schools, a lot of startups, kind of pre-Series A, quite early stage startups, which has been interesting. Um, and a lot of a lot of charities as well. Mm. So it's been a really interesting, um, a really interesting couple of years actually in kind of testing out will with this with this this sort of model. You know, this sort of flatter model, this very transparent model, this very collaborative. You know, so we we don't have a headquarters deliberately. Um, we we write into contracts with clients that we embed into their organization. So we work out of, I guess, a, a, an open door war room within a client organization. Yep. And everything is um, created, you know, with sunlight, you know, everything's created and put on the walls, so uh, there's no big reveal. I mean, I remember we were working for a FinTech called Tandem, a UK, a European FinTech bank, um, and we were kind of building a big brand and positioning deck and building it all out on the wall, and Ricky, who was the CEO, kind of wandered in, you know, 24 hours before, and read everything, and then he, he, he sent me, a, you know, sort of a WhatsApp that evening going, you know, I loved your thinking. I don't really buy Territory 1, but Territory 2. We We're like, damn! You weren't supposed to have seen that. And then actually we were like, well, actually, you know, it's up on the wall, the door, it was always open. And then suddenly the sort of the, the presentation meeting to Ricky radically shifted because he'd seen all the work and seen all the ideas. So it changed into a working session. Yeah. And again, that was after we'd been going for about four or six months. And yeah. that was a really, yeah, that was a real moment for us actually in, yeah. in how we needed to work with clients.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, so just a question about where does, where does strategy end and creativity begin?
1: <laughs> um, it, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I mean, we, we call ourselves a sort of you know, strategy and innovation consultancy mm. because we're very much, we're not an ad agency, yep. um, but we have made ads. And we've kind of, you know, maybe this is a Faris quote. You know, we've kind of made ad-like objects, mm-hmm. um, and we we do find that often strategy is brilliantly brought to life through creative, but creative with a small C, I suppose, rather than a big C. Yep. So, um, you know whether it, you know, word, words or pictures, yeah, it, it has to be something other than PowerPoint. yeah, Because I, I guess that's also what makes our industry different to a management consultant. Yeah. You know, know, anyone can do it on PowerPoint, but actually, what does that then enable and how does that springboard a, a proper idea? Yeah.
0: And, 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 you how, you, and how you and how you how you realize that idea to get an emotional response really ultimately from the client?
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. Absolutely, yeah, yeah completely.
0: Yeah. So, you, 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 do you find so do you, in that part of the, the process, do you find yourself working with designers and other creatives, writers, and stuff? You, have you found that? Yes, we do. Yeah. So,
1: um, I mean, one. Of, I mean, one of the things that we do a lot of is we work with a lot of um, freelance journalists. Uh huh. Because we find they are fantastic strategists. Yeah. They're great at synthesizing. Yeah, you know, especially if they are, you know, a freelancer who's turning stuff around in a day. Yeah. They work so quickly
0: yeah.
1: and they write beautifully and also they take direction. I think, you know, that's one of the things I don't think we work very well at all with we, kind of traditional art director, copywriter, because, and this is generalising, so I sort of apologise in advance, but I just think the way that art director, copywriter, traditional teams have been taught is about your team is each other, Mm. not your team are the people surrounding you. Mm. Um, Whereas actually, we work, Formbreak works brilliantly with designers, works brilliantly with journalists as writers, and kind of misfit creatives but the traditional art director copywriter thing doesn't seem to work so well in our model
0: yeah no it's interesting and probably a ton of, ton of, ton of reasons reasons for that so how what what about your selection process how how do you uh, how have you got to the 300 and you're, you're hand picking, you're doing other things to find the people that you want to work with and you're obviously looking at different skill sets to apply to different assignments right
1: yeah so i mean i guess at the beginning um we i remember we would just launched and we would got a ton of really great press and somebody emails me and said hi i'd like to join is there a test (laughs) and i was really kind of like oh god and i was like sarah who's my business was like sarah sarah is there a test is there a test and and she was like i don't know is there do we need one what what would the test be And, and 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 then actually what what we realized is um, anybody can join the collective. Um, it does become kind of self-selecting, a bit in the way of of, of Naked, actually, maybe back in the day, yeah. which is, um, you know, the moment, the kind of, you know, the cost of membership is is actually about participation.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: the expectation is that you will join in. We, we do these things called uh, strat hacks, which are kind of nighttime strategy hacks uh, for charities uh, that we do for free uh, for charities and there's an expectation that form breakers participate in those um, there is the expectation within the community so it's all run on Slack but we have a channel which is called Karma um, and if people are sort of asking questions you know has anybody got I yep. don't know a deck on this Could you know the same way that you would have emailed around your department.
0: a supportive um, community
1: yeah, yeah absolutely and, and that that's you know that that's kind of, that, I suppose that's almost fueled by social capital as opposed to financial capital. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, we kind of sometimes talk about karma, not kickbacks. We, people are doing the right thing by others, not because they're expecting to get 5% or two, but because it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but so actually, if, if you're kind of, you know, a big swinging dick of advertising, that, prob- you know, form break probably feels a bit too nice for you. And the kind of, you know, you probably go, Karma, not kickbacks. Well, I want my 10%. So, you know, I kind of, in a way, the kind of certain types would just look and go, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. So we tend to get smart, thoughtful, kind, which is a word that I like, kind people. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, And then what we do is, um, so if you almost think about the collective, being a kind of sort of open door, sort almost like a sort of social enterprise community, and Form Break is more of the sort of the for profit consultancy arm of that. Yeah. Uh, what then, Sarah and I do is we um, is we curate and lead bespoke teams from the Form Break Collective. So people um, who have really maybe impressed us in a Strat Hack. So mm-hmm. these are very fast paced. Very tight, brief, quite a lot of pressure. The client's there waiting for an answer by the end of it. Yep. So we kind of see people who kind of respond and enjoy that kind of stimulus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we kind of have a 70-30 rule. So um, 70% of a team <coughs> will be people that we've either worked with before. So either in the past sort of 20 years or on past full-rate projects. But 30% of people are always new in. So yeah. that there's always a core who've got the, I guess, the rapport and the trust and the ability to to go forward at speed, but we're constantly um, playing in new people so that it kind of never feels cliquey or or too set in stone, if that makes sense.
0: Predictable, yeah. Yeah. So then, so you have these teams and then um, do they have, I mean, obviously they have responsibility for building, creating, thinking. Do they have Front-end visibility, or is that the visibility with the client is is your purview?
1: No, they 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 definitely do. They definitely do. I mean, one of the kind of things that we'd like to try and push more is um we just the the work that we have done um has been with London-based clients. Yeah. So you know, a lot of stuff when we're, we're, we're doing it quite fast, often we, we we try and find that actually if you get people in a, you know, the team together in a room, you can achieve a lot in a day, you know, by closing the door and focusing in and you, you can actually get quite far, quite fast. Yeah. I think um, one of the things we'd like to think more about this year is, you know, and I know, <clears throat> Ed, you and I have chatted about this before, is, you know, how do you create time zone teams? Yeah. So, Whereby you're on a project and I bat on past to you in Brooklyn or somebody in Shanghai and 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 and, and, and there's absolutely no reason why that couldn't happen and and in fact you know one of the, certainly one of the things we, we're working very hard at this year is to actively recruit people into the the collective who who don't live in London yeah. so you know how do we work with people from leeds or, or glasgow or how do we build teams in a different in a in a, in a different way that can work in a different way
0: yeah, i mean that's i mean that's really interesting and i think the whole idea i mean you know john john Steele going back to him i always thought of i mean and, and people have people have said no this isn't true but um yeah. I, I, i've always thought of him as a sort of the guru planner You know, a lot on weight on his shoulders, Um, brilliant presenter, capable of winning pitches on his own, capable of thinking of brilliant ideas on his own Um, to this idea of a team. Well, these are strategists who actually complement each other, actually enjoy each other's company, can actually work together and uh, are capable of not letting egos get in the way and don't necessarily Uh care if they are the author or a contributor to an idea. And I think that's a very, very new and different way of working because I think teamwork in strategy is very, very new. my personal Yeah, it's
1: thing. funny, it's funny, isn't it? So so you're right. But but actually um it, that we solve collaboratively, you know, and, and, and I think you're completely right. I think I think there's a different there's you know, there's a twenty first century model of planning which is more generous i think you've, you've your insight around not having to be the person whose kind of name is i'm the strategist on this mm-hmm. that actually there was i remember years ago talking about like almost like you know a strategy crew or a squad or mm-hmm. that that, it, that that's certainly the way that we see strategy moving yeah. um, but i think in addition to that <clears throat> certainly one of the things that we found is again you know. You, you don't have to have had the word planner or strategist in your title to be an extraordinary strategist, if that makes sense. No, right. I suppose that's one of the things that has been such a pleasure, you know, over the, with Thornbreak, is being able to bring in, you know, journalists or lawyers or you know, just people like outside our kind of filter bubble,
0: who
1: can really
0: help you strategize yeah, that's, in a different kind of way. Yeah, no, it's, 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 um, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I'm, you know, I'm working on this sort of uh, think piece on the conditions for creativity, um, which is basically saying, you know, in the last 20 years, there's been a ton of science and journalism and stuff thinking of, about how creativity works. Maybe we need to think about how we as an industry uh, actually apply creativity and whether they meet these conditions, and this whole idea of diversity a diversity of thinking diversity of teams um and the psychology of it actually you know who who works well together um you look at yeah. sport, you look at i mean i my analogy is there is no industry that would <laughs> has less knowledge of its core competency than the advertising and communication industry. The, the the sports teams, there's not a sports team in the world that doesn't know the psychology, nutrition, uh, heart rate of every athlete in its roster. Yet, when Bill, leaves, when Bill leaves JWT in his art director job to join TBWA, that leaves Fred. Oh, so we might as well pair him with Sid, who doesn't have a partner. Well, do they actually get along? Would they actually work together? Do we actually know? And actually, does anyone even know how the damn creative process works? Or, you know, it's sort of a black box mystery uh, that, you know, that things happen and they just happen in a certain way, but we don't necessarily, you know. So I I think this is a whole, this is a whole new, we're, we're, we're arriving at a whole new world with this unbundling um, that is forcing us to think very, very differently. And, I, I, and as part of my research, one of the fascinating data points I found is that what distinguishes a brilliant workplace from a shitty workplace is the ability to collaborate. So what's happening is our clients, they, they, they believe they are empowered and creative. Because collaboration, ideation, innovation is what characterises those good companies, like the Googles per se. Um, mm. And you know, we no longer have that um, monopoly on yeah. on that, and creativity itself, as you suggested, is sort of being redefined. Uh, it's it's never been strategy and creativity have never been more important, but they're not the strategy and creativity that are uh, thought in the way that the agencies have traditionally thought about them.
1: Amen. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So just to finish up, because I know we're coming up to the hour. Um, what do you, what do you feel are your, um, your biggest challenges? Just as you try to build the network and you try to, you try to get your word out and you are kind of prototyping a really new, exciting way of thinking. What do you feel your, your biggest challenges and perhaps opportunities are? for the next 12 months?
1: Well, I mean, I guess we've got quite an interesting year ahead of us, I think, as we kind of move from startup up to scale-up. Mm-hmm. Um, in that kind of scale-up world, you know, we've got a number of challenges. So, you know, first of, all, first of all, I guess there's a question around should we be scaling up? And actually, it's funny because the first question that people always ask is how many people are in the collective? And because it's a kind of blunt way of going, well, if it's big, that means it's successful. Yeah.
0: Because That's you know, only metric, day, we know big is equals good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then actually in the older days, you know, if you had lots of people, that meant you could afford to pay for them. Yeah. But actually, you know, I could have two thousand people in the network, but if they weren't engaged, I didn't know and, and and actually go, well, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be scaling up. Maybe a yeah. hundred engaged committed are better than 500 or so. So start up to scale up, should we even be scaling up is really important. I guess one of the big challenges, so we we talk a lot about fast, flat and flexible, kind of a sort of, I don't know, mantra, sort Mm -hmm. of system of how we work. Um, And I guess within fast, flat and flexible, um, as we're putting together teams, we think really hard about how we cast teams and we do we pick really good you know what we think is the best independent talent that that is perfect for the brief but you know we've had this a couple of times where you put together a team You put together, so we don't pitch for that you know because we can't because we don't have the people but we certainly write a proposal we put a proposal yeah. of how we do it yeah um we put together a team and then by the time it's gone to the client they've thought about it there's been some questions they've gone to procurement they've gone back like three weeks might have passed and you lose the team because if they're good nobody's sitting around waiting they're on to something like, else yeah, oh. yeah. So, so, so that's really hard for us which is um, you know you put together a team and then suddenly you know Nimi's gone yeah. or Adam can't do it, he can't do it. And, and, and everything so we're having to be much more flexible.
0: Yeah. So you have to have a, a squad, a squad, you know, like, yeah. like a soccer team, a football team, where the player's injured, you know, there's someone else to come in and replace them. Who's has hey, that's, so I
1: hadn't ever thought about that. It's a squad and then you pick the team. Yeah. So that, that's really, that's actually, that's, that's hugely helpful, actually. And, and actually, so we're, <laughs> I will, I will go and phone Sarah immediately <laughs> after this. Actually, we're putting together a proposal for a client and mm. actually what we should do is this is the strategy squad yep. of which we pick the team yep by the time let's make the assumption we'll win the business this is the squad and then the team will be picked from the squad mm. That's
0: and i think really it's quite and i think yeah. it's quite impressive because it it, it can actually show breadth yeah
1: thank you so, you know by asking what problems do you have to solve you just help me solve that well,
0: glad i could be of help
1: thank you a bit bills in the post yes yeah
0: absolutely so um thank you thank you so much um this has been a wonderful conversation really enlightening inspiring um and and uh ho- hopeful which is a thing that we need right now um so yeah I, I appreciate it and i will let you know when we go live and all the other good things so thank you thank so much thank you
1: so much thanks ed
0: all right have a good day bye Your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.